this dark attachment that I had to overwhelm and to anxiety that the enemy was using to fuel a consistent um, lack of contentment in my personal, emotional, physical, spiritual life. Welcome to the Comeback Experience Podcast. I am your host, Riley June, Master Life Coach and Behavioral Therapist. I am here to help you conquer your fears, hardships, and painful pasts in the name of Jesus through prayer, taking radical responsibility over your life, and scriptural encouragement. You can expect to say goodbye to your anxieties and step into your comeback season starting today. It's not about making sure you're ready. It's about one degree shifts at a time, day by day. It's time to rise into your purpose-filled, Holy Spirit-led life now. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful soul. Oh my goodness, it has been a hot minute since we have hit record and brought some new Holy Spirit-led content for you It has honestly been such a journey over these last few months when we were getting close to the 200 episode mark. I started to feel this pressure of like needing to go through this rebirth and at first it was very ego based and driven and it was very much about you know what I was going to do and what I was going to help you with and me 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 and as I continued to pray to Jesus to just fill me with the Holy Spirit and help me to understand what he needed me to do in this season, how he wanted me to serve you in this season through this outlet, it became very clear that I needed to take a break to step back and reset and thank God as he is always all-knowing and mighty and just knows so much better than we do at any given point in time. He knew that I needed a break too. And actually what transpired in this time, these last two months since we stopped airing episodes, was a whole life rebirth. The comeback season is truly about rising up in the identity of Christ within you. And I really needed to take a step back because I had so much awareness around behaviors that I was modeling and displaying and falling short of that I knew as God, as Jesus was working on my heart, was transforming me from the inside out, that there was so many things in my daily life, in my external ways that were just not matching up to the transformation that was being placed over my heart. And so when the comeback season, the comeback experience, this podcast really started to take shape was when I started looking at the very thing, so ironically, though always synchronistically, the very thing that I have said from the beginning of all of this, all of this stuff. Like I started this work six years ago. If you're new to this podcast, thank you so much for being here. If you're coming back and you're re-listening, you're listening, you're joining us um, in this new season of this podcast, I want to thank you so much for being here. Honestly, your love and your support, your time and your attention, it does not go unnoticed. I know how important your time and your attention is, and there's a million other things looking, seeking, clawing at you every day to hook, line, and sinker you, hook, line, and sinker your attention, and you're choosing to be here today. So I just want to context before I get into this episode, before I get in this kickoff episode, I just want you to know that I take your time and your energy and your mind tuning into this very seriously. And so I also want you to know that this is not going to be a podcast in this season of going down the rabbit holes, of pulling apart Satan's agenda, of bringing in just continuous nervous system disruptive content like truth bombs and global agendas and all those things. There is a very, very minimal content planned around that. And even the content that's planned for that up until the end of this year is so minor and still very focused on Christ and just how we can do better with that relationship. Uh, With that being said, I want you to know that this is a safe place that you can turn to each week to regulate your nervous system, to build a better faith in Christ, to understand through laughter, maybe even tears. I got some, a few vulnerable episodes coming up. Um, and just resonance that 
This is a space where you can learn the emotional skills needed and necessary, the encouragement in your faith to keep going as you build that relationship in Christ, whether you're new to that relationship, whether you've been in it for a long time and you've found yourself complacent in it, whether you're lost in the worldly ways, lost in new age, you're a mother lost in motherhood, wherever you're at, this podcast is going to meet you there. It is my conviction or I should say it is the Holy Spirit's conviction on my heart to ensure that as you tune in each week, as you pour your time, your attention, your mind, your heart, your spirit, your soul into this episode, that you will be filled with the Holy Spirit when you leave, inspired to take action, motivated to make change, and knowing that you get to do it in a truth Christ-led way. That is my guarantee to you. And now I want to say, caveat, I am not perfect in this. I am not someone who is going to start rambling off quoted without even looking at the page scriptures. I am not a perfect human being. I am learning just alongside you. And I want to make that very clear because it's so easy for us to get lost in somebody else knowing more, doing better, and so on and so forth. And though I have years of experience and skill sets in helping people shift their behaviors and their mentalities and really create positive, long-lasting impact and change for the better, not only in their own lives, but in their children's lives, in their marriages, in their careers. I have this background and experience. It's not about me being better than you. And I really want to get that message across because so often we'll listen to podcasts or watch people on social media and we often compare ourselves to other people's lives. It is a natural human being instinct that we have because of this hyper-vigilant marketing that goes on in our day-to-day lives from the billboards to social media to the news to radios and so on and so forth to even our friends and family's lives. We're often comparing ourselves to each other. This is a place where you can turn to, where you can take down those walls, where you can take down that comparison, where you can take down that envy, where you can take down the pain and the secrets of the things that you are not talking about and learn how to communicate it more effectively, not only to yourself, but others in your life, as well as have the support through these episodes to not only continuously develop your faith with Christ, your relationship with Christ, but also just know that You are being pursued by God each and every single day and the enemy will use your discomfort to try and sway and pull you away. And so here we bring you back to that wholeness. We encourage that relationship in Christ. We share in daily devotion. I pray over you, your family, your life so that you know that this is a space where support is guaranteed. And that is my promise to you. So I'm really excited about this podcast. I'm really excited about this new season. I'm really excited about your comeback season. I'm going to share a little bit about my story and how I have stepped into my comeback season of really just, oh my goodness, conquering and overcoming so many things in the last six years, even things in my childhood that new age had me so wrapped on a loop around that just no longer even a part of my mindset of my emotional baggage and trauma All of these things are continuously surrendered. Sometimes they come up again, but they are continuously surrendered in Christ. And I want my display, my modeled behavior to be at the very most encouragement for you so that you know you can go out and claim your comeback season, rise up in the Holy Spirit, live a purpose-driven life, even if that's to be the most patient, calm, loving mother and wife. Wherever you are in your season, this podcast is here to help you grow and get better and develop and become more mature in your spiritual life. Because when we are more mature in our spiritual life with our eyes fixated on Christ, we will naturally start to improve in all other areas and faucets that are disconnected, rooted in trauma cycles, or where we are finding ourselves overstimulated or overwhelmed. That does not have to be your story anymore. And that is the comeback season experience um, promise. So thank you so much for being here. It really, truly means the world. I'm on a mission to impact 500,000 women with this podcast. So at the end of every episode, I am going to gratefully um, and uh, openly ask you to just 
rate this podcast, share this with a friend, even one who you feel could use this at this time. And uh, that is how you can contribute to doing, uh, having a hand in uh, just inspiring others to do better in their lives, rise above their, their challenges, their hardships, and the pain of their past, and truly know that there is just such a better way to live. And it's not because I am saying it so, but because God has breathed his word and it is so. And that's what we're going to be focusing on here, which is incredible. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of this podcast. So this episode is really going to be about the spiritual battle that I was in that led me to this transformation, this comeback season, this rising up in Christ, what this means for you, how you can really look at and build the over, um, build the over, build the self-awareness around how you are being called back called up, sorry, into your comeback season right now. And just at the end, we're going to pray. We're going to pray over your life. We're going to pray over your heart. And that's going to be today's episode, which I'm super excited about. Um, I am about to kick off school in a couple weeks. I am also about to move. You know, God said, lady, (laughs) Riley June, you need to pull back the reins hit the gas pedal for a while, take some time for you, focus on your life, focus on your family, focus on your future without any any need or just like any fixation on serving. Like I've showed up on social media a little bit, really not as much as I normally do. And um, it was because I needed to just pull back and like, eat better food and get back into a healthy exercise routine and most importantly spend daily devotion in the word praying so much praying oh my goodness I never understood or even believed how much praying just simply praying can really change your life I saw this quote today and it was Praying is an opportunity for me to speak to God and reading his word is where God speaks to me. And I really thought about that because, you know, oftentimes with those who have objections around having faith, coming to Jesus, Christianity, all that kind of stuff, it's how do I know when God's speaking to me? And it's like, you know, he's speaking to you when you read his word, when you read his testimony, when you read his miracles, when you read his standards. And I really needed to do that. And by no means am I an expert. It's going to take my entire life to even comprehend a fraction of his character. But I am so enthralled to learn because I have This book, the Bible, has never been proven to not be true. There are many accounts where there's books left out or other stories or other accords of, you know, things that happened or ways that it was translated and changed over the years. And no portions of that are partially true. None of the authors are known. There's So specifically for the left out books of the Bible, if you do background research on them, Um, any of the authors of these left out books are not known so right away you know that there's 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 no truth to them right it's like new age work where it's speculations and idolatry so idolizing yourself or fornication which is self-pleasure right so and that doesn't necessarily just mean sexual it's also just in temptation of doing things of pleasure sometimes being angry and lashing out gives us this temporary pleasure but that doesn't mean that it's of God. That doesn't mean that God gave us that uh, that word to say that's the best we can do, right? And so it's been so fascinating digging into this. I've been obsessed with the book of Peter and just really understanding our role as we are called to Christianity. I also want to preface that it's not about being a Christian, right? You know, this name gets such a odd like any religion kind of feel around it it's about being a follower of Jesus right I'm not here to follow other people who follow Jesus because I know they are just as imperfect as me I am here to show up every day and to learn how to follow Jesus in the best way and so the book of Peter really offers us that guidance and the book of Job from the the Old Testament really actually took me by surprise because Job is a story of a man who was righteous and faithful from basically the day he was conceived. 
And he lived this perfect life filled with children and his wife and abundance and food and, um, and livestock and good fortunes and families and all these good things. And in the book of Job, the devil comes to God and says, I bet you I can pull him away from you. And he does this and God basically says, okay, have at her. Let's see if you can. And so the devil goes on to kill his children and take away his livestock and take away his good fortune and essentially strip him of everything, including giving him a disease where he has painful boils from head to toe covering his body. And even in the depths of his despair, Job does not sway from his faith. He curses the day that he was born, wondering why God would turn his back on him, but chose that in not understanding everything, in not understanding the full aspects of God and his character and what he has willed over Job's life, Job submits to still choosing to follow in the idea of Christ in God and his plan because he knew that at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to get him in those pearly gates is his faith. And so the devil did not win. And so it's so fascinating because it breaks out so many aspects of this like self idolizing, self-love, self-care, following your happiness. You know, there's a line in Job Job 20 verse 7, it starts off with Job explaining how at the end of the day, this is my paraphrasing of my understanding of this, and so if you're way more biblically versed, please feel free to correct me, but my understanding of what he's saying is, so first I'll say what he says, he will perish forever like his own dung. Those who have seen him will say, where is he? Like a dream, he flies away, no more to be found, banished like a vision of the night. The eye that saw him will not see him again. His place will look on him no more. His children must make amends to the poor. His own hands must give back his wealth. The youth vigor that fills his bones. I lie with him in the dust. And so to me, what this is saying is this is the part where Job's like really coming to terms with understanding that we have, like, we're already on the road to hell, right? God knew that we were already condemned to hell. And so he sent Jesus as an opportunity for us to choose him to be saved from this road. So it's not that God's sending you to hell. It's that we're all destined that way. But through Jesus, we can be saved. And so Job is coming to these terms where he's realizing that we will perish just like our poop, just like our stuff, that those who see the goodness of God and choose to rebuke him, choose to say, well, that's not real or that's not good enough or who is he to do this or who are they to say that's him, right? That they, that opportunity will equally vanish in the night if we continuously choose the ways of this world, choose wealth and riches and self-idolization and pleasures over what God is saying and offers us. That equally generational curses of that will persist where our children will have to go about handing over the very things that we worship so deeply when coming to Christ. So I look at this, you know, aspects of generational curses and generational trauma is very, very real. Now, where I see it being a perpetual problem is when we think that we can save ourselves from those general curses and problems. To a degree, we can work with changing our behaviors and that makes an absolute world of a difference. But that doesn't change the trajectory of the following generations getting off that road to hell. You see, new age and spirituality work and and other doctrines of religion are, are still destined on the same road to hell. The only thing that gets us off that is through Jesus Christ. And so it's really fascinating to see that in Job, he really toys with this, not even toys with it, but perceives and understands that the picture of who God is, his character, why he chooses the things that he chooses, the unique stories and purpose and path that we're all destined on is 
just as unique as every single DNA molecule and hair on our head. And God knows you, I, us, we so intimately, individually, that he chose Jesus, that Jesus came here to this earth to save you of your story, of your trauma, of your drama, of your pain, of your suffering, you. Individually, me. Individually, every single person. But it is our responsibility to choose him every day. So I've really loved this story of Job. I'm going to talk about it more as we go through these episodes, but it's been so powerful and so fascinating to actually see how the laws of, of attraction and manifestation and all these things are, are very, uh, not contradicted, but spoken truth over when we turn to scripture and see what God has to say about them. Because it's not about you creating anything. It's about what God has willed and destined for you. You know, there's an aspect in New Age spirituality where it's, you know, every door that's meant for you will be opened. And if it's meant for you, it'll keep coming back around. You know, nothing will be closed unless it's not for you. Well, who do you think determines what doors are being opened and closed? It's not you. It's definitely not your soul. That's an, an, uh, a footprint like every other person's right? Someone had to design you, had to create you, had to breathe purpose into you, had to create life in you. And he knows what that plan is for you, not you, right? Try and predict your tomorrow. Get somebody else to do it. I used to be a psychic, right? I could do this to an extent, but I wouldn't know if you were going to wake up and today was the day that the newspaper boy was going to throw a paper, was going to start his job and throw a paper on your porch. I couldn't predict if um, tomorrow, someone in your life was going to, God forbid this doesn't happen, but get hit in a car accident, right? I couldn't predict that someone from your past was going to come back and it was going to be what seemed like an incredibly healing experience turning into a terrible, you know, there's aspects of, of the psychic abilities that equally Satan can give us gifts, by the way, right? God gives us our intuition. Satan can use that intuition to develop gifts for his good. God gives us intuition naturally, wholly, fully, and we are called to craft them in his name, in his word, to use them for his greater good. Satan can do the same thing. It's all about who we choose to submit to, right? Just like we submit to a law, don't speed, don't get, so you don't get a ticket. Just like we submit to our mothers and our fathers and are obedient to them until we get older. Just like we submit to our wives, to our husbands, right? There's always someone we're submitting to. So spiritually, it's going to be the same. And oftentimes people don't want to have this conversation because then it means that they have to address their wrongdoings. It means that you have to address the things that you've done that you're also beating yourself up for doing, right? Um, this is one that I found for myself. I was constantly eating Oreos. They're a comfort food for me. I started to identify a lot of patterns surrounding emotional eating when I was stressed, when I was overwhelmed, when I was not speaking up about something that was causing me pain or suffering or, or just like mental trauma or emotional trauma. And so I would comfort eat and Oreos always brought me back to my childhood and it was a comfort thing. We always had them in our cupboard. And so as I continuously every day pray over my life, God revealed to me where the enemy is working in my life, where I am working in the enemy's favor in my own life and holding myself back from serving you in the greatest capacity that I can. This was something he revealed to me. And so that was a big thing that I've been working on as I've stepped back from podcasting and really doing a lot of my business stuff. And as this was revealed to me, it became very clear that this was something that I really needed to start looking at deeper. And as I wanted to serve God in a greater capacity, I was needing to shed this this dark attachment that I had to overwhelm and to anxiety that the enemy was using to fuel a consistent um, lack of contentment in my personal, emotional, physical, spiritual life. And so when I wasn't praying this prayer over my life, it was really easy for me to avoid the uh, responsibility of looking at how these Oreos weren't just me having a snack. It was me feeding the enemy, feeding an attachment that the enemy was using in myself, harboring me, hindering me, 
from being able to serve in a greater capacity from God. See, in the new age stuff, there's this aspect of, you know, we got to eat cleaner and fill our bodies with better quality foods and nutrition naturally so our bodies can feel better. So we can put on this armor of God, right? Losing weight and having better nutrition, exercising. It's There's natural elements to it that are truly for our better good. When we are addicted to food, when we're coping with food, when we have the the demonic spirit of gluttony over our body's mind and heart naturally we're going to feel discontent and discomfort we're not going to feel good in our body we're going to feel a lot of shame we're going to gain a lot of weight we're not going to feel good when we get into our closet and so the enemy will use these things against us and so as you're stepping into a comeback season it's about being willing and open to not being perfect in changing tomorrow, in doing all the list of 15 things you need to do to get to the goals that you want to get to, but in being willing to hold every thought, take every thought captive and hold it up against the Lord and ask, is this of you? Because when you do that, you pause yourself in that moment and you start to think, you start to take that control over these automatic behaviors and thought patterns that you have instinctively that have been conditioned in you over time that the enemy is using to keep you locked into serving and submitting to him, right? But when you choose to get honest about yourself and about who you're submitting to spiritually, You will start to have these revelations. God will reveal to you where you are attached to the enemy because the enemy still gives you a sense of comfort and gives you a sense of control. And I'm not going to just sit and blame everything on the enemy because there are many ways in which I equally have harbored, you are equally harboring your own attachments. There was this... um, It'll, I'm going to speak about it and it's going to come through. There was this thing that I was thinking that I was talking about a couple days ago where it was like sometimes the enemy doesn't even have to do anything because we're so attached to our own disparity that we will create the destructive, chaotic experiences all on our own. He just sits back and just goes, okay, yeah, she's she's got this. She's got this. I'm going to touch this one. She's got this. And that really changed the dynamic of how I looked at things because when I start to catch myself in this moment where it's like, okay, do I want the snack? Am I actually just dehydrated? I've come to find that in lieu of emotional eating habits that I've had, I also will eat for comfort when I'm dehydrated. So I get to pause and ask myself, do I just need water right now? So I'll go and drink a bunch of water. And then if I'm still like hungry, then I'll have a snack. But now I've paused to Think about what I've been doing. It's not like I'm sitting there 24-7 analyzing every, oh, is this of the enemy? Is this of God? Is this good? Is this bad? Is this right? Is this wrong? But in many ways, you get to start with doing that thought work so that when it comes to just voluntary or habitual moments where it's like, hmm, do I actually need a snack right now or is there something else going on? Let's start with water. Okay, drink a bunch of water. Oh, I'm actually not hungry at all. Okay, I don't need anything. I'm fine, right? Or, wow, I'm actually really hungry. So now that I've paused to think about this, let's actually make a better decision. Let's not go for the peanut butter and jam toast. That is like my go-to if it's not the Oreos. Or, you know, the goldfish crackers that are open there and just sitting where I can just grab a handful and chuck some back, right? Like, or my kids and their meals instead of just like eating what's left over on their plate and then making something more for me. So that spirit of gluttony, I get to look at how it's evolving, how it's evolved in my life and where I can take captive of those things and pray over it and pray over the revelation of these attachments and have the Lord do the work spiritually so that emotionally, mentally, and physically, I can do the work in catching myself and make different and better decisions. See, you can do this too. And it might sound like a long-winded process, but it's really rather simple. And it starts with, it started with sitting down and just reading the word every day. I started with um, the book of John, actually. I didn't get all the way through it. And then my church group started doing a Bible study on Peter. And that really like hook, line, and sinkered me because it was It was how to walk as a Christian, as a follower of Christ and what we are called to do and how and the obedience that we are needing to really be able to put on this armor of God. 
And so as I've been going through all these changes, reading the word, creating this discipline in my life, now showing up to do bigger things like time management was huge for me. I used to be terrible at this, but I didn't realize how much of that lack of time management was rooted in so much childhood trauma. And reading the word, I didn't need to go back and start, oh, my mom did this and my dad did this and these people did this and when this happened, it just started to change and alleviate on its own. See, in new age and spirituality, it's like this game of like, okay, how many things at once do I need to solve on my own? Well, well, time management and eating and exercise and better communication, all these things like when you're praying and when you're reading the word and when you're being transformed in the heart and when you're being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Lord will just work to clean up some of these things on his own. You don't have to do everything on your own. That's the beauty of turning to Jesus, of turning to God and reading who they are, right? And it just blew my mind when I started to really dig into this for myself. So I went through a really big, profound spiritual battle. I want to say the summer of 2020. Well, yeah, so right when COVID hit, I was doing all my readings, my mediumship. I was teaching intuition. I was teaching mediumship. I was teaching spiritual business development. I was teaching marketing. I was teaching all these things. And COVID hit and I started to question everything. Like, first of all, what is this? What's going on? Like, let me just sit back here for a bit and take this in and, you know, see how this transpires. There's a lot of information that's looking real sketchy. I've done energy work for long enough to know that there's, you know, partial truths and a lot of this is not making sense. And then when I sat back and, you know, waited a bit and started to realize that this was an attack on the spirit it became very clear that things were going to start shifting very radically, very quickly. And you went through it. (laughs) You saw the changes and the disruption and the chaos and how it's just like spiraled so much out of hand. But what that led me to was questioning everything. So the beautiful thing about COVID for me was that I was able to really just step back and start questioning everything. How is this helping? Is this right? Is this good? How do I know it's good? How do I know it's right? Um, What are the habits and the patterns that are existing within myself and my clients? Why are we never fulfilled? Why are we always in this lack of confidence and needing to find another book or find another crystal or find another card or find another reading or find another modality or find another tool? Like, why are we on this constant hamster hamster wheel of a like trauma cycle? And that's where I really started to question like who's okay, who's the cleanest, clearest standard in energy? Well, Jesus, par none, right? Nobody holds any weight against Jesus in any religions. And I did this objectively. So at this point, I had no emotional, physical, spiritual attachment to Jesus other than just questioning, okay, well, who's who's the best that they got out there, right? Who's the best? And when I started to like channel from Jesus I was like oh this is so much better and I'm doing so much better and this is working better and people are you know getting fulfilled more even though they were still on the same cycles and then I started to ask myself well how do I really know who Jesus is and what he says and what he does right like there's this portrayal of him being of love and light and he's of the highest standard the sinless one the one who died and rose again the only one to defeat death you know he paid this fine for our sins we are not good by nature Okay, so he's this, but what do I really know about him? And when I started to say, okay, well, if I, I'm going to talk about Jesus, I should probably figure out who he is. And when I started to open the Bible and I came across Deuteronomy 18, pretty much like 9 to 20, you will come to find that everything of witchcraft and talking to the dead and psychic fortune telling and energy work and all this stuff and channeling is of demonic spirits. And Jesus is the only name who can cast all demons away and is the only one who has any merit. And none of this work that I was doing was of God. And that really shook me to my core because now I was put up against, I had built a multi-six-figure company Me and my husband were living a really beautiful, cozy life with our kids on an acreage, an acreage that we came to find out was actually poisoning us. So, you know, it's so interesting how 
I had inflated so many aspects of my life to, oh, we live on this, you know, acreage. Maybe it's not this perfect new designed acreage, but it's an acreage and it's cozy and we've, you know, remodeled the kitchen and we've redone the house and it looks so much better. And, you know, we get to spend these winters with this stovetop furnace and have all this land and this garden and chickens and all this stuff only to completely negate and disregard the fact that everybody was sick all the time. We couldn't figure it out. And Phil was constantly sick. And like he gets sick really easily because of all of his heart complications. And it turned out once we moved out that this house was riddled with mold. It was riddled with bat poop, which is like the worst type of um, animal feces to be exposed to. And when we moved out, everyone started getting better. And it was right around the time where I started to come to figure out that what I was doing was really demonic. And it's so interesting how God was just working to try and help me to see that it wasn't just about what I thought people needed or what I thought was good, that being attached to all these dark entities and teachings and trainings and ways of being and doing and believing was not only just poisoning my spirit, but was poisoning my life physically. And because of it, I was unable to see that poison existing. And that was so fascinating. So came that summer of then 2021, like it took us a whole year almost, I'd say 10 months to get to the point of realizing like, okay, this is serious. This is real. Like I had to go through a lot of shedding even at that point to even just like say Jesus's name out loud. At this point, I was still channeling Jesus. I was still offering readings. I still continued on with my work because I was like, hey, well, you know, like this works for now and this is a means to make money and so that he doesn't have to go back to work and we can just, you know, have this lifestyle. Yeah, this is cozy, cozy, cozy. But I'll learn a little bit more about Jesus so that I can be a little bit more ethical as my whole thing was about ethics and morals come to find like clearly the opposite spiritually. And so finally, it came to a point where we moved. And when we moved, I started realizing that as I'm literally, God is literally moving us forward and out of poison, out of darkness, that it is going to be up to me. I've always led with radical self-accountability and honesty. It was going to be up to me to change the things that I am doing, that this is not going to work anymore. And so the summer of 2021, I did a series called Light to Dark. And that series basically denounced all of the work that I had done. And it shocked so many people because there wasn't really a precursor to it. But I just was so convicted by the Holy Spirit. I could not do what I was doing anymore. And I needed to break out of it and my intention was to hopefully help people realize that all of it wasn't what it was thought to be, that you only know what you know until you know better. And thankfully, I was getting to learn to know better. And yeah, that set a lot of people off. It triggered a lot of my clients. A lot of my clients obviously left. Um, I had a few refunds that were absolutely necessary. I was happy to do it. It was a huge shot to my ego. It was a very humbling experience. And by no means was it easy because I also had spent four years, like three years at this point, inflating, almost four years at this point, inflating who I created myself to be only to realize that I was created through the submission of demonic powers and entities. And as I was being transformed in the Holy Spirit through God and the submission to Jesus, that that was going to be a very different dynamic, one for the better in obviously every way, but there's so much shedding to go through. And what was so beautiful and fascinating is that actually so interesting. So here's here's a funny story on just like how pride can really um, get you when you don't realize it. So we had then moved to an RV. We lived there for several months and Phil's health started to go downhill, just poor diet and um, not exercising the way that he was supposed to. He also had just a lot of arterial damage and heart damage from all his surgeries. And so it was starting to catch up to him again. And so we ended up moving to the house that we're in now that almost two years later, we're about to leave, which is so, oh my goodness, it's just so, so crazy, this journey. I can't wait to share about it in another episode and just how this move all transpires and turns out. But 
I digress. So, um, he started to go downhill, so we needed to move. And it was really fascinating how at the same time we had ended up finding a church shortly after. And I hadn't been to church since I was very young, would go with my grandmother, never understood why we went because everyone would walk into the parking lot and start talking terribly about each other. So for me, growing up with any form of idea around Jesus or God was very hypocritical. Why did I just go to listen to this man speak about eternal life and salvation and doing better and being better and walking like Christ when it's like everyone just acts so terrible five minutes later? That didn't make sense. So coming back to a church, opening up my heart to learn about biblical truth, thank God he sent us to a church that very much leans on scriptural truth, which is what a lot of churches don't do nowadays. And they portray this whole idea of unity and come as you are and God accepts everyone. God loves everyone, but he does not accept everyone. It is why he sent Jesus to model the perfect life, to pay for our fines on the cross of our sins, because he knows that we, when left to our own understanding, will create and and um, essentially live out our own demise, right? We're already destined on that road to hell. He sent Jesus to save us, which means he doesn't accept us. He needs us to raise our standards. He needs to come back to him and his word and his truth so that we can be transformed in the Holy Spirit. And so um, finding a church was huge. And it was right around that same time where I was all in. I'm like, okay, I'm getting baptized And our pastor came over and he sat down with us because they do this whole like teaching on just, you know, why you get baptized and the benefits of it and the expectations of us on the other side of it in our personal walk through life, right? I think the, the most incredible thing that I've come to learn about coming to Christ is that it's about the personal relationship that I spend with him every day. And some days that looks a little bit differently, but it's that consistency. And so, um... One of the things that our pastor said to us was, you know, whenever someone devotes their life to Christ and they're ready to get committed and baptized, the enemy will attack you because he's going to use every last ditch effort he can to try and keep his claws, his claws are already in you, keep his claws in you. And I remember smirking and just doing a little laugh and I was like, okay, like I'll know. I'll know when he has got me. I'll know better. As if my years of new age psychic energy work was just going to show me the truth. And y'all, I can't even explain to you how blinded I was. Oh, blinded. Not only am I not the type of person to smirk at somebody who's like, hey, warning, right? Like I smirked and laughed and was like cunning as if I knew better than him. And that wasn't me coming out and doing that. That was an attachment to a demon that was so buried within me. I had no idea it was even there. And so humbling moment, um, almost immediately. So it was about two weeks out from our baptism at this point. And immediately my mind started going under attack. I became super anxious. I started yelling at my kids. I was in this financial disparity of like all these bad things are going to happen and how are we going to make this work and what's going on and oh my goodness and I'm leaving everything behind and like woe is me basically and was up all night like these are not normal characters of me up all night not sleeping and then finally three days before the baptism I'm loading laundry from the washer or from the dryer and from the washer into the dryer and it just dawns on me. I literally prayed the prayer that I pray every day, which is Lord revealed to me where the enemy or myself are working over my heart and hindering me from serving you in the best way possible that I can today. And it dawned on me. I was like, oh my goodness. I have been under such a heavy spiritual attack for these last two weeks. Like, duh. No wonder I'm having such a hard time. And I'm not someone who's ever had, let's say, like mental health issues. But wow, was that insane. Insane. I understood for the first time what someone who is chronically depressed, has a racing mind, and is hyper anxious really truly feels like. Wow, 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 wow. My empathy level went up so much for that soul that is lost and just riddled with the claws of the enemy 
on them. And when I had that realization, I prayed over my soul, my salvation, and binding any entities in the name of Jesus. May I be protected and released of any attachments riddled with this demonic possession. And it was like instantaneously this relief, this... (sighs) My mind finally calmed. My heart slowed down. My breathing got deeper and it was like this first miracle that was like truly performed over my soul and I've had many before but none that felt like the peace that I felt in this moment. You know, you can take this prayer that I've shared, these simple words that I've shared and you can pray this over your life right now. In fact, let's take here a minute and do that. Jesus, for the one who is listening to this message today, may you bind all entities and enemies clawed and attached to their soul, to their spirit, to their mind, to their heart, to their bones and alleviate them of the pain and the suffering and the attachment that they have to these entities in their lives. Jesus, may you reveal to them the truth of their attachments, of this enemy attachment, so that they can find solace and peace and healing and confidence in you. Lord, we know you are so great. We know you're so loving. We know you're so diligent and kind and merciful. And may the the mind and the ears and the heart listening to this prayer and message today find you and seek you out each and every day. I hope that helps. So this is revealed to me. Three days later, I go into my baptism. Two days after that, the Lord drops 10K into our account that I had no idea was coming. It was back taxes that weren't paid to me from several years prior that I had no idea about, that nobody informed me about. Just I woke up one day and there was like over $10,000 in my account and I called Phil and I'm like, um, babe, look at our account right now. Like some, what happened? Like I'm thinking somebody deposited into the wrong account. Like, like this isn't, this is a mistake. Like there's no way. And he goes, where did that come from? I'm like, I have no idea. Cause it, it didn't even say like government of Canada or anything like that. It was a direct deposit and it was just there. So I was like, I need to call the bank and see if this is real. And they're like, oh yeah, there's been some back, like back taxes paid out. No, no, no. Yeah, like that's yours. It's we, we verified it and so on and so forth. And it was like, what? And it was exactly what we needed to get us into the next few months ahead as I pivoted and transitioned my business. And it got us to this beautiful point where right after Christmas, I ended up signing a client in full. And that was what we needed to carry us through even more to the next season. And so we've just been moving off of blind faith and trust and continued service and as I enter into this new season this comeback season this comeback of my revitalization in Christ it is all about the habit and devotion and the submission to Christ to the word to better behaviors and habits and radical self-accountability and responsibility knowing that as I step forward doing better in the name of Jesus every day not because I am determining it's better but because I'm reading the word and my heart is being filled with the Holy Spirit and I'm doing the best I'm putting my thoughts I'm taking captive of my thoughts and my behaviors and my attentions and intentions and I'm putting them up against the word I'm putting them up against the standards of Jesus and I'm asking if this is right that doesn't mean I don't make mistakes right I still some days I yell at my kids and it's terrible and I feel bad and I get to sit down with them and say I'm sorry mommy got overwhelmed and it's not your fault that I feel that way and I just want you to know that I'm sorry that I yelled at you that wasn't right you didn't deserve that so I'm more compassionate and empathetic and I can acknowledge my wrongdoings or my not good things that have happened right and I can sit in that without stewing in that being blameless in that as I give it back up to Christ and continue to develop that devotion and dedication and transformation through him not because this is even about me 
but because through this I can serve God better. And so the impact of transformation that's happening, this comeback season that I rise into, it's not even about me, it's not even about you. It's about the impact that you make, that you can go about and make, the general generational curses that you are shedding and breaking that is going to go out and be that smile for the stranger in the store or be the empathy and the compassion and the apologetics that your kids need to, to be able to navigate this crazy, deceitful world or the, the grace that you show your husband that helps bring his walls down, that helps him rise in Christ, that helps him become a better husband and servant of God and of your family and of your life, that raises your standards as you go out into the world to date, right? We're so quick to give our bodies away and then we feel this deep shame that we try and put blinders up to as if it's not disconnecting us emotionally from potential future partners or that it has no emotional bearance on our hearts as the person walks away right like we we want to shy away from our wrongdoings because we think that oh well if I just don't look at it it's going to go away but remember destined on the road to hell we are but in choosing Jesus the one sent for us who paid the fine for our wrongdoings our sins we can be saved. You can be saved. It has completely transformed my life. This has completely transformed my language, my ability to communicate. We're going to do, I'm going to do a whole um, episode on communication and relationships with my husband. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and just, it's changed the direction of what purpose means, of what confidence means of what good means. My discernment level is through the roof because I take everything, when people say something or do something or share something, I take it captive and I say, is that of God? Even the ones who are not godly or faithful by any means, I can recognize where their lost souls are just riddled with the claws of the enemy that has attached them to their pain and suffering. It's really so fascinating. And, you know, going back to school to study behavioral psychology, to be a behavioral therapist, I've become certified in it in so many ways already. I wanted to I wanted to do it in a, let's say, educational institutional route where I can be licensed by a board. And so it's just so interesting to take witness to this. One of the things that new age and intuition development really helped me to be able to do was identify the faults either in language, behaviors, or patterns, really all one and the same, um, within my clients, whether they're telling me a story of their day, whether they're sharing about a complication that they're having. One of my clients, um, she's going through this really big, massive change. It almost looks very, mirrors very similar to mine right now. She's moving and she's shedding old relationships and she's coming into deeper terms with her faith and she's going through a lot of health um, opportunities to conquer things that have just been a lot of disparity. And it's so interesting to be able to listen to her speak about conversations and her habits and to be able to recognize the disconnect from where certain attachments lie to pain and suffering and then be able to formulate questions to ask her to help her build her own self-awareness. It's like an intuition taught me that. Well, intuition and studying behavioral psychology all this time. Now six years, now I'm going into it for another three, let's say professionally, though arguably it's been professional this whole time. Um, but I digress. So it'll be, so it's really interesting to be able to see how, you know, I really do believe God willed me through that journey, not only so I can help other people understand the steps as they leave new age behind, leave their demonic attachments behind, leave the darkness behind, shed the evil in themselves and step into the light, step into the love, rise up in submission and obedience to the one true God to be able to know how to communicate and to relate and to see the ways in which their life has fallen apart or been disconnected. It's really, really fascinating. Behavior is so interesting to me. But anyways, so 
this is what you can expect from the podcast moving forward is real conversations about real life experiences, encouragement, counseling, support, all held from the standards of the word, faith, Jesus led, Holy Spirit inspired, so that you can wake up every day and lead a purpose-filled, Holy Spirit-led life. And why that's important for you is because without that, without Jesus in your life, you will struggle. You will be riddled with anxiety. You will be constantly in discontentment where you need to find something to fulfill you, whether it's food, money, a person, a relationship, a conversation, a something, not a someone the one. And so without Jesus, we are left to our own understanding, which naturally will always lead to our own demise because we are always limited to the perspective of the environments we are in and the knowledge we have. That's why learning and growing and personal developing yourself personally in Christ is so valuable and vital because here's the other kicker. Okay. I decided and realized that I'm not willing to bet past lives and, and um, uh, reincarnation theory on my eternal soul. Sounds cool, but I'm not willing to bet that that's going to work out for me. And so if God says it's not real, and, and what kind of God creates a kingdom and a promise of this promised land and then you get to the gates and he says man you know you were really faithful and you did great but you know you lived a life of poverty so I'm going to send you back so you can fix that what you're promising me this kingdom land and I have to come back because I didn't heal my poverty in this life that doesn't even make sense right like the things that new age gets you so wrapped up into believing is just it's honestly insane once you start to unravel it so I'm not gonna bet my eternal soul on the fact that I might come back right your life is a grain of sand on the vastness that is a beach of eternity so what I invite you and encourage you to do today is start with one thing the first thing that comes to your mind that you are beating yourself up about right now. Maybe it's your weight. Maybe it's the way you spoke. Maybe it's the way somebody else spoke. Maybe it's something you didn't do, something you wish you would do. Whatever that one thing, pick one thing. I know as soon as you open the floodgates to this, there's about, oh, it's this and this and this and this and this. And this. If it, that's the case for you, make a list and pick one. That is going to be the first thing you start with. And if you want to take this a step deeper, Pray over that list. Pray over that thing. God, what would you have me work on first? And see where you are led. Because in the spirit of transformation, it's not just about sitting on the couch with your hand out and Jesus working on everything and you're just, you wake up the next day and you're fixed. You're good. Like money's in your bank. You love people. People love you. Kids are great. Well behaved. Nobody's got chocolate on their face. Your hair isn't a mess. You got these beautiful clothes, career, all the things. Like life is just like, you know, living on the high rise. That's not how it works. God calls you up to his standard, which means that you also have a part in doing that work too. He will transform your heart so that when you hit those challenges or those blind spots or unawareness or complications, you will lean into your faith and lean into that discipline and lean into that obedience and make a better decision, one that is led with a Christ-like way. That is what we're doing here on this podcast. So, I'd love to hear your feedback from episode number one. Shoot me a message on Instagram. Let me know your takeaways. If something triggered you, challenged you, expanded your mind, opened your heart from this episode, let me know. I'd love to have a conversation with you about it. If there's any way I can support you, please do not hesitate to reach out. I am here on Instagram, the Riley June, and I just can't wait to dig into this mission, this vision, this rebuilding of your comeback season in Christ for you. All right. 
I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you on our next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found the faith and encouragement you needed to rise up and conquer. I'm on a mission to impact 500,000 women with this work and I need your help to do it. If you could leave a five-star review and share this with a friend, I will be forever grateful. Remember, Jesus is the only name that can conquer all darkness and it is up to you to choose him daily so that you can live a purpose-filled, Holy Spirit-led life too. Thank you.